do you guys like my spy shop alley parking lot yeah, yes. yes. Thank you. I love it. What do you it's want? Do you nice. want the knife or the trash can, Jenny? Which one? <laughs> the oh, <okay>. trash can. <laughs> <laughs> so, so back way back when when we uh, met Robin Hobb and we were all in cosplay, and we were each a fool. Although Ashley didn't know that at the time, she just thought we were all characters she didn't know or understand. <laughs> <laughs> disregarded <laughs> we all took photos as a group with a trash can so mm-hmm. <laughs> and that trash can was fit that... <laughs> god <laughs> hey <laughs> i was taking the picture <laughs> it's you know it's for flavor all right are we ready to end Fool's Assassin, quite literally. Yes, the title makes sense, guys. (laughs) Horrible. All right. Let's go. Welcome to Buckheap Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 90, Fool's Assassin, chapters 29 through the epilogue, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I've read this a couple times. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. First up is corrections, omissions, and announcements. Announcement, we will be taking a break after this book and before we start Fool's Quest. What's the next book? Ass, nope. Um, Ass Quest, no. Wrong. Fool's, Fool's uh, Assassin. Uh, fully. No, this is Fool's, Fool's Ass Assassin. Part 2. <laughs> Fool's Real Shambling Fool. Ass. Hold on. Royal Fluffing. <laughs> Mad assassin. Fool's assassin. Fool's sin. City. Mad assassin. City of assassin. Fool of destiny. Fool's quest is definitely. We will be. Mad ass. Yes. Mad ass. Mad ass. Mad ass. Mad ass. I'm going to go back. I don't remember what we were saying. We will be taking a break between uh, this episode and our next episode, which is where we will start Fool's Quest. Fool's Quest? I don't... Yes. It just doesn't sound... <laughs> I just looked it up. We're good. Thank God. All right. Great. Um, just two weeks off. So this episode will post on the 15th, and you will find the next episode on um, the 6th, December 6th. So... There will be two Mondays where we don't post. Um, that's that. We have one piece of mail from listener Jenny. Not me. Not our Jenny. A different Jenny. <laughs> it would be funny if you wrote it, though. <laughs> I should send us mail from, like, a random email address. Um, this uh, is titled Mushrooms and Hello. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, dear, P- dear BKR, I've done lots of driving this weekend, and I had a chance to catch up on the last few episodes of the podcast. Here are some related thoughts. First of all, you're all doing great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we need that encouragement. We really do. Clearly, we sounded like we had some self-doubt. <laughs> the more I listen to other book podcasts, the more I appreciate BKR. No spider pictures from me. Not a fan, but... Also, <laughs> uh, I did post some of the spider pictures uh, that David had sent us on the Instagram if you want to check that out. But one of the A's asked for mushroom pics. Apparently, um, Jenny gets Ashley and Alyssa mixed up. So you guys can. <laughs> I'm flattered. They are actually the same person. They're the same person. Oops. They're not. I speak at a decibel roughly one billion times slower than a um, Here is a fly agaric. I don't know if yes. I'm... Yes. Um, yes. Also known as Amanita muscaria from my woods at work in the UK. Power up. And there is a picture of a pretty, you know, like a, a straight up Mario toadstool, which is pretty great. The most perfect. It's a pretty picturesque. Mushroom. They're safety. They're totally yeah. safe to eat. No. I don't think I've ever seen a mushroom like that. <laughs> I don't know anything Joey says about it. Don't yeah. eat a garrick mushroom. No. no. Um, I, Jenny goes on to say, I saw Dune partly due to listening to Rachel go on about it for the last couple of years, which... <laughs> you did something wow. for like, someone. Stay tuned, Jenny. Me. Stay tuned. I've never read the books, but we'll move them up the list. I love the film. Would love to hear your nerdy insights. Special shout out to Oscar Isaac's glorious, well-groomed beard. Take note and grooming tips. Fitz. Fitz could never. <laughs> yeah, if you compare my my redone drawing of Fitz's beard to Oscar Isaac's beard, it's, uh, it's a long way off. <laughs> Um, Fool's Assassin is the one book I haven't been reading along with you, um, partly because I read it quite recently in a reread from my Tawny Man uh, onwards, and partly because it is just quite dull and awkward. I don't know if I agree with that, Jenny, but I, I understand. Um, now that there is shit going down and there's going to be more Fitz and Fool interaction, I will join again. This is a spoiler, but we're finishing the book, so it's fine. Uh, the best parts of all <gasps> the books are when they are interacting and finally um, we are getting some adventures that are starting. Um, and then lastly, uh, the last episode I listened to, you were talking about doing a skill meet. Yes, please do it. We could do one in London and you would could zoom in. Skill zoom in. Does she mean fly? Flying? Yes, with the skill. Just flying and cawing like dragons. I'd, I'd rather ages. visit in person and <laughs> get on a team's call with London. I'd rather go there. Yeah, same. I think we can. Let's can go. we go there now? Are they letting us in? I believe so. I don't think. It, yeah. yeah. I think they're cool. <laughs> all right. All right, Jenny. Uh, yeah, I hope you got a guest can. room. We're all coming. <laughs> I have a couple British employees and they have visited recently so I think cool. that it's open uh, well that was super chaotic I know a couple email, people but you know what let's just keep forging ahead um, I like Jenny also watched Dune this weekend Rachel y- yeah? yeah yes yeah wow yes me me and my Ashley's watched it did you like it your Ashley <laughs> <laughs> No, we're all just yeah, you have a whole collection of Ashley. Harem and Ash. <laughs> There's a lot of you know, out there. I've got okay. a roommate Ashley and I've like, got a friend Ashley. And neither we're of them all just are Jenny's and Ashley. Ashley's. 
Jennies, we're all just Jennies. Choose which one you are. You're either a Jenny in this world or an Ashley. Uh, well, apparently Alyssa's an Ashley. Who was who was worried I mean, this was going to be a bad thing? I mean, just because we're talking. It's all relevant. Anyway, let's get let's let's get down to business with uh, and defeat the shun. <laughs> defeat the shun. That's good. Thanks for bringing that in for me. Chapter 29 is called Mist and Light. I have it. Um, the intro, which I'm just going to read because it's very pretty, um, says, Then, from the gleaming mists that surrounded us, there burst a wolf, all black and silver. He was covered in scars, and death clung to him like water clings to a dog's coat after he has plunged through a river. My father was with him and in him and around him, and never had I realized him as he was. He bled from dozens of unhealable wounds, and yet at the core of him, life burned like a molten gold in a furnace. Uh, and this is from one of this is one of B's uh, dreams in her journal. So we take a step back and redo the scene that we left on last episode from B's perspective. B, Fitz, Riddle, Lant, and Shun are eating in the Oaks Bywater Inn after Fitz has confronted the dog dealer. B, who doesn't actually disagree with Fitz's actions, but is worried about the repercussions on their lives, uh, particularly from Nettle, thinks to herself um, that uh, Riddle believes that he is a friend of Fitz, but his ultimate loyalty is to Nettle. And I want to know how she knows that. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> she doesn't want to hear Riddle get needled by any of Lant and Shun's commentary. And frankly, doesn't want to hear Shun speak at all if she can help it. So she <laughs> tells Riddle that she has to, that she needs the outhouse. So off B goes. Hobbs' description of B navigating the tavern and getting through the door that's too heavy for her to open brings to mind the scenes in Brie with the hobbits. <laughs> yes. Uh, free to wander around the map a bit, which is when I start, which is when I realize that I, when I think of characters moving around in specific towns and things like that in books, I, it's all in like 8-bit. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, so she's wandering around and B has no intention of using the porta potty, which me neither, and watches a person doing some juggling. She tips them with some of her money and is offered an apple in return, which is a big score. Loath to return to the tavern to see Shun monopolize Fitz's attention, B wanders a bit more and comes across the gray beggar on her way back. Quote, he was empty, all of him, as if he were a plum skin hanging on a tree after wasps had stolen all his sweet flesh. B offers the beggar her apple, and he shifts a blind look to her and says, carefully, you are kind. It's this you are kind that stopped me originally in my tracks. You see, I had resisted with all of my might skipping to the end of the book to find out if the fool would show up or not. 25%, 50%, 75% had all come and gone, and still I resisted. But a gray, blind, slight beggar with a careful economy of speaking, no harsh language, no whining. Oh, no, 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 past Rachel said to herself, nope, 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 <laughs> God damn it, Robin Hop. <laughs> then the owner of the spice shop in front of which the gray beggar is squatting comes out she's not content to just threaten to beat the blind beggar she actively tries to get him killed if not for b's kind guidance in this scene we're treated to the worst set of breasts ever quote her heavy breasts lunged at me like chain dogs <laughs> 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 
I knew that whoever did this chapter was going to quote that. I... Those readers it's still reeling funny. from the rapid onset of suspicion are slapped into detail-oriented focus with that. Thank you, Robin Hop. B decides to take the beggar to the recently cleared square and settle him there. He's not walking well, he has a cane, and he can't seem to bear his own weight. This is where the nervous anime sweat starts to drip down my forehead. B is congratulating herself on doing something brave and nice like her father that Shun won't like, with the added bonus of interrupting the conversations in the tavern by forcing her father and company to come looking for her when they feel when they realize that she's gone. So she takes the beggar's arm to help him, quote, his dirty hand gripped my forearm. And this is where I stop to talk to you about Dune. So <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> it's it already got it. They already got a second movie, Rachel. Yeah, well, they got the second that, movie. This well, is a large paragraph. I know. <laughs> There's multiple paragraphs. Right? I know. <laughs> oh, it keep, does keep going. It's bigger. Not and then that. also, the the second word of the next paragraph is dude. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's actually talking about. Right now, Let me command F Dune in this document. <laughs> oh, five times. That's not so bad. This podcast Control slowly just becomes a Dune epic <laughs> podcast about Dune. Wow. All right. Dune, one of five. Okay, we're okay. We're, we'll be we'll We'll survive this. I know that I joke that everything is Dune, but there are some incredible parallels in Hobbes' writings to Dune, which is perhaps why I like it so much. But rather than get into all of them, I want to specifically talk about prescience. So... We're on book 14. You'll forgive me if I forge ahead, assuming that we're all on the same page about the importance of prophecy and genre stories. In this scene, when B makes contact with this gray beggar's skin, something happens. Her vision is expanded exponentially, perhaps limitlessly. We are giddy with the possibility, with how easily and endlessly fracturing threads can be read to their nexus. To pluck or strum a thread and so easily obtain the desired outcome... Or is it? This is B's first rodeo, and it's not quite that easy. This is the ultimate power in genre, right? B's read on these possibilities is only from her meager experience. So is this what is best? Why doesn't she care about the individuals that she's contemplating hurting? The beggar, who is also giddy with this sight in his blindness, and what seems like a return to form, counsels that she, B, must be careful. She must really examine all of the consequences, and says that if you determine a future to be desirable, there are always other time paths that lead to the same end, which I found very interesting. So what does this have to do with Dune? In Dune, Paul describes his prescience not as a web of threads, but as an ocean. It says... It was as though he rode within the wave of time, sometimes in its trough, sometimes on a crest, and all around him other waves lifted and fell, revealing and then hiding what they bore on their surface. The beggar counsels caution to be, but why? Well, because actions have consequences. We know that, but also because perhaps this power isn't as pure and limitless as it appears. Paul also says that he could sense the darkness ahead, nothing revealed to his inner eye. It was as though some step he had taken had plunged him into a well or into the trough of a wave where the future was invisible. The landscape had undergone a profound shifting. So while I'm using about Dune and prescience and a blind beggar, the gray one says, quote, the wolf comes, his teeth are a knife and the flying drops of blood are his tears. And that is when B stands up and breaks contact. 
And also, anyone who doesn't immediately turn the page and keep reading is a cop. <laughs> I like that there were multiple Dune quotes in there more than the quotes of this book. <laughs> I liked your Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just connecting things, you guys. I, I think that it is interesting that you could interpret this as that he he has the ability to maybe choose things and control it or also it seems a little bit like maybe some things are somewhat inevitable maybe not entirely but like through the fact that there are multiple paths to the same thing some things are almost entirely inevitable like the way mm-hmm. he describes her dreams like there's a percentage chance of things right occurring. yeah he says that there are certain things that are just that's the important moment you know if if you see that flag if you see that road sign you're really near where you need to be and maybe there are multiple ways to get there but that's the most important part and certainly if you have like multiple sides who can kind of see the future and are vying for things, maybe, you know, it's different. But um, it, it sure it sure seems like maybe they don't have, like, the White Prophet doesn't have as much control as you'd think. Maybe he does. Or maybe she does. But it seems like maybe it's, there's kind of a, you're 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 kind of in a rut that you have to right. go a little well, bit. Well, what's interesting here, and we could talk about more of this later, but we have never really seen what this power is from a white prophet's perspective before. And so we suddenly are dropped into this into this reality where you know, colors are there are more colors than a mundane person could see. You can you look at everyone and you see all the possibilities, every single thing that they could do with their life and whether they'll be happy or not and how it affects everyone around them, every, you know, forever and ever and ever. And B immediately says, well, I can make this better if I just do this, this and this. And she's the conviction that she has that that is the correct choice, Right. That, to me, is very scary. And maybe that's because I'm coming to it as a fan of Dune, where that power was not used to help, right? It was obvious. It was not not a good power for anyone to have. So I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, you can't just do that. You can't just play God. You can't just decide who gets to live and die based on what your read on the best situation is. Um, and so when this, when the beggar comes in and says, wait, hold up, you have to really think about that. I was like, okay, this is the lesson. And it's not just about saying confirm, maybe confirming to us that like B is special. B might actually be this, you know, unexpected son that we've been hearing about this whole book, but that there's more to this magic than just being able to see the future because you you have to be the per- the arbiter of fate. I mean, that's that's a huge responsibility. <laughs> Ain't no thing. Yeah, it's not just having that that magic or whatever it is. It's you know you've got to be able to interpret it and be smart enough to look at all the different paths and yeah. 
And I mean, certainly this whole scene, one, this chapter is short, so you know it's going to be a little bit momentous. I feel like every time you get to a short chapter, it's like because the action is either really heavy or there's really only like one point to it. So what's the point? B is beating this beggar. Who is this beggar? Well, you know, we have our suspicions at this point, but it's also just like, God damn it, Robin Hobb, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is not the entrance that I had been envisioning. It's full ain't golden. Probably kind of brown right now. Gray. Smelly. Gray. Is, yeah. <laughs> gray, gray and smelly. Gray, yeah. Pus. Uh, Ooh. Lots of pus. Ooh. So I just think it's really, I also really like that this, this chapter that is mostly just this like golden vision, again, more Dune parallels, that of the like, <laughs> kind of like awakening <laughs> is bracketed by these, um, these prophecies from two different people about fits and he's not in this scene but is felt his absence is felt you know it's like he's off screen stomping mm -hmm. toward them like his energy to come and interrupt this however he may which judging by these these little prophecies maybe not <laughs> in a positive way <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I liked that as well. This just feels like a really important nexus. This feels like we are in one of the moments being described. One of oh, those yeah. key it's like moments. The mundanity of like this life that has been led in this whole book up until now. And you do feel like you're opening your eyes for the first time, just like B is. It's really right. good descriptor, isn't it? Do you think that this scene would have, because, you know, we've been kind of complaining a little bit that not, that stuff has not been happening. You know, we've pretty much read the whole book and we had to get this far. Would this scene have had as much impact had we not gone through so much mundane, everyday problems? Like we had to wait for the adventure to come to us. Did we have to yeah, like if it was like halfway now? through that. <laughs> I feel like as a rereader, I enjoyed the mundane parts much more this time because I know what was coming. Right. I agree. <laughs> I I feel like this is the same reason the fellowship is my favorite of It did remind Lord me of the, the Fellowship. I was gonna actually and... say, do you think the pacing is the same or Yeah, there's yeah. something I think I mean it's a it's a pacing it's a pacing thing like action versus the world building that we have in this episode. And I, I feel like without the world building, it doesn't feel as real. Like if you're just like only the important action bits all the time, it's, I don't know, it feels kind of stale. And also you get tired of the, everything's important all the time. Then, right. you, don't, you know, I think it doesn't, it doesn't feel important. You'd get tired what of the it. fellowship of the ring does that for me that's so important is that because the problem is the fate of the whole world right it's the biggest problem you could have you need that mundanity to anchor you like what are you fighting for what is at risk who are these people mm -hmm. if it starts too early 
you'd rather them be on the adventure forever. And I kind of, I mean, with Fitz and the Fool, I do. I, I do want them to be on the adventure forever, actually. But we still at least know what's at risk. The people of this of this world and their mundane everyday life. And here's something has come to threaten it. And I guess Fitz is the, is the, the guard dog, the, the, that seems to be his, his purpose, at least in this scene, because he opens it as he's guarding something and angry, but alive. And then it closes with him snapping his jaws. I liked it. I thought this... it was really. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree completely. There's also something about the way that she's writing in chapter 29 and in chapter 30 that is like a little extra boost of fantasy. And mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up Lord of the Rings because I, I was thinking of it constantly <laughs> when in like like you were saying already in your chapter and in the next chapter when stuff like when riddle says be silent and just is so hearkening back toward just like this traditional fantasy like this is serious now <laughs> even though we've been fucking around for kind of the entire well book. but i mean that comes towards <laughs> like you know when so b wrote down her her at the beginning of this chapter, right, we're seeing that B has written down her dream, but she wrote it down a very poetic way. And there's like a little bit of extraneous detail in there that maybe we don't need, but she's trying to communicate exactly how the dream made her feel about, you know, like the, the very essence of like being in the middle of that vision. And it does, you're right, the, the, the language is shifting and shifting and shifting until suddenly by the end of chapter 29 and certainly into 30, we are more in a, in a fantasy type of pace with the way that people speak, with the actions that are happening. It's not just, it's not just like genre, like about everyday people. It's genre about everyday people in a fantasy world. And I really like that. It's like we've gone through a rabbit hole, like an invisible portal. Before they go through the actual portal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one, one of my favorite things that Hob does is the, like, I, what would be supernatural in our world is described, like, constantly in these books in such a subtle way that it's not important. And that it's almost like it's almost hard to distinguish when you're seeing it. And like even in this town, some like supernatural type things are happening other than like the prophecy stuff is like pretty obvious. But um, like things happen and they're the way they're described by B is not like, you know, it's just something that yeah. I saw. It's not. I, I don't see anything strange about that. It's just right. The way We're it reminded is. about like all and... of the powers that she has, right? Like she can clearly read people's minds. There's, she's got the skill that's it's there. And yep. it's so integral to the way that she thinks and perceives much like how Fitz was with the wit when he was a child, that it doesn't occur to her that nobody else can feel that way. She knows when people have good intentions, she trusts a beggar because she doesn't feel any malice from him. She knows that Riddle Mm -hmm. Riddle's first loyalty is to her sister and not his oldest friend yep. like 
these are details that remind us that like B is a formidable character who can handle the the powers that are being revealed. It's nice. I think you know it's a very little chapter, and B is a very little character, but <laughs> it, it, it's a wallop. That's why I wanted to do it. I actually didn't re remember it as being so short. I thought it was much longer. It's yeah. I mean, it is time stopping. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Because they're because the time stops. <laughs> <They're quite literally>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Did we, so I, I don't think I, uh, we talked about it much last week, but there was a moment where like time kind of stopped to B's point of view when they first got mm -hmm. into the city. And I, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up and see what people thought. About oh, she that. just got cold. Especially, like, new, That's all that was. New readers. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Like. That's what happened. Like, it seemed like something momentous was happening, but, like, it was just, like, time stopped for, like, a second. It's just Raynaud's. It all came back. You don't have heat in your extremities. It's the part where you're supposed <laughs> to start the, all the background music in your mind. You know, that's when the score kicks up. That tells you that maybe something's happening. <laughs> you... All right, let's move on to chapter 30. Let's bring the pain. That's what we're here for. Oh, yes. That's why we do this. That's why I'm reading this again. <laughs> <laughs> what? Blah, 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 blah. Scratch, 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 scratch. I held it away. Hold oh, on, man. I can do it too. I was keeping it together so good. Oh, please. Like, nobody's ever <laughs> made a beverage Okay, sound I'm refilling yeah. a glass of wine. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I should have gone That's this right. Wine. You should have. Drinks with Bucky. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chapter 30. Collision. Or, finally, this book has started. <laughs> the intro reads, Dear Diary, My wolf says I suck at this no matter what thing we are doing. <laughs> we rewind a little bit and Fitz is in motion to go find the daughter he forgot about again when Riddle grabs his arm and in a low hushed whisper tells him you suck at this Fitz is like <laughs> not here not now I have to find B but Riddle just continues whispering you don't have a fatherhood bone in your body I have seen largemouth bass that are better fathers than you and they literally eat their baby fish children I'm taking her from you she's my daughter now asshole damn Shun continues the drag train, but Riddle hates that she stole the limelight, and he and Fitz go to leave and kind of do this awkward shuffle at the front door where people are coming in, but it looks like one of them might be holding the door for you, but he kind of lets it go, but you're on the wrong side to grab it, so you just let the door fall on you, and they get outside eventually. <laughs> Fitz sees where Riddle had bolted ahead towards a filthy hands man holding B. Fitz unsnicks his Logans and stabs this guy, just stabs the shit out of him. It's like mob justice, but it's just one rich man, so it's acquitted attempted murder. Fitz thinks it's odd that 
Riddle chooses to catch B instead of also cradling the beggar. Yeah, he's got rows of scars, but they line his face lovingly. And sure, he has a crooked mouth, but it looks really soft and supple. And oh, God. Oh, shit. Fitz, he said quietly. You've killed me, but I understand. I deserve it. I deserved worse. Fool, I croaked, but I had no breath to make words. Fitz begs the fool not to die while the fool asks where he went, where his son went. Did I dream? Tears spilled slowly from his blind eyes. Can I die into that dream? Please? Who among us has not felt this way in the past two years? <clears throat> beloved keeps begging Fitz not to die, and Fitz keeps begging Beloved to live. Fitz looks up at Riddle and actually says, quote, I've made a terrible mistake with a straight face. <laughs> Fitz begins to try to skill heal the fool, but he basically has sepsis, and it turns out stabbing him made it worse. Fool, please, Fitz quietly begs the fool to rally like Rachel at Khan. <laughs> <laughs> but Beloved's healing is beyond what Fitz can do. He needs about 14 coterie members at Buckkeep. He tells Riddle he needs his help to go through the skill pillars. Your daughter's fine, by the way, Riddle replies really loudly before agreeing to help. <laughs> Fitz levels with B and assures her that the fool didn't mean to frighten her, and she says she wasn't scared at all until Fitz murdered him. <laughs> Fitz decides that since this was supposed to be his and her day together, that he's going to buy her things to make up for being a terrible dad. Classic move. Fitz picks up the bag of bones that is the fool, and they all climb into a prepared wagon. And he skills ahead to Nettle, who remarks that this is all very inconvenient because of a dinner party with the entire known rote world. <laughs> and she asks, who is going to look after that girl child? Do you remember her yet? <laughs> Fitz looks at Shun and Fitzvidge. Guess it's these idiots. Later, Fitz and Riddle give them both a very, very stern, frowny face, and they say, take care of her, or else Fitz, Fitz Veggies nods and says, don't worry, man. I will fuck this up. <laughs> Fitz takes the fool's hand and explains that they're to go through the skill pillars and intends to reestablish their skill link with the silver on the fool's fingertips when he realizes that the flesh on his fingers that held the magic had been sliced off. Quote, those who loved me tried to destroy me, the fool says, and more that he had been too ashamed to reach out to ask Fitz for help for all the suffering he had already caused him by using him as his catalyst. B speaks up, but she literally doesn't matter anymore, and they reach Gallows Hill. Fitz picks up the fool, and they and Riddle get out to go through the stones. And I wanted to say that this chapter described how decrepit and shambling and rotted the fool looked and also smelled 11 times. <laughs> nice. Jenny, did you put that in there? <laughs> yes, I did. did. <laughs> it's so cute. That was the day we met Alyssa. <laughs> it was. It was. Oh, man. Wait, what? Yeah. I have the photo I took of you guys. Hang on. I'm going to send it. Oh. I thought you I thought you meant you like met her after you read this chapter. Kind of. 
I'm in your yeah. apartment right now. <laughs> I broke in. Oops. Uh, for those who can't see our, our notes doc, <laughs> we're looking at a photo of Rachel as the fool and Jenny as Fitz and Jenny as Stabbing. And I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Stab, stab, stab. She's thrilled. She's just. I look distraught. <laughs> That looks like a Chris knife, too. It was my Val knife. It's just like, yeah, it's like oh, a okay. wooden knife. <sighs> you could stab Rachel with a Chris knife at any point, and she'd be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I would like to hear from the new readers. How are you oh, doing? Jesus. I'm just here to coast, okay? <laughs> I mean, um... yeah, go ahead. Coast away, Ashley. You know, it doesn't shock me at all that Fitz fucks <laughs> things up. Because that's what he does. And, uh... Yeah, I mean... He's a fuck up. What do you got, Joey? I mean, the book's called Fool's Assassin. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> oh Thanks, Robin Hobb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, looks I so mean, depressed in this picture. You, uh, you know, we, stern. one of the, the the big event that we have all been anticipating throughout this book is the reunion of it's yeah, the is the reunion of, of Fitz and the Fool, and what a what reunion! A reunion. What did we deserve this? Well, I mean, you guys have been harping about how distraught you are about this trilogy from the get-go. So, like, I'm not super sure. But also, like, the last time we had a reunion was so lovely that it makes sense that this time it is the exact Can't we just go back to chapter Fitz six? doesn't get that much good stuff in life. I just want to know. To I want to know how yeah. many, like, so, like, a homeless guy, like, is talking to your kid. You murder him? You stab him? Stab. I know. It's I mean, a he was like hugging you know, her. It was weird. He's in a heightened sense of he everything. He was just eating soup yeah, in a tavern like talking he's... about green tights. Okay, this is not an emergency. <laughs> he'd rather be stabbed. Right, but like <laughs> earlier in the day, he'd already had like a pretty rough emotional experience. He was on the defensive. Like, you don't come down from that. His adrenaline was still kind of pumping. He went from Riddle being like, like, you better watch yourself, sir, because you're acting erratic, and I'm going to take your kid if you do anything weird, and I'm going to stab a guy. (laughs) Hold on. BRB. Gonna go stab a guy. (laughs) This will make up for it. Well, Fitz doesn't actually consider him a threat, so why would he care what he says? I think he he cares what Nettle... I think he should. I think he should care. Yeah, this the state's gonna come and take his kid from him. <laughs> I I mean I don't know if they could actually <laughs> succeed at doing that. I really don't. I don't know that I I'm sorry, I don't believe like I know Nettle has her opinions, but I don't believe that she one has the authority to take B away from him and two, like at the end of the day, I don't think Ketty would let it happen. Right. Uh, this goes back to something I said a couple episodes ago where Fitz just has to act normal for like fifteen minutes and he could but, like, this is normal for Fitz. He's known for doing this. <laughs> this is exactly what the people of Withywoods have been afraid of, you know? I knew it. I knew he was going to stab a guy. I'm glad but I wasn't But honestly, him. like, I know Riddle cares that he stabbed a beggar, but, like, nobody else does. 
Well, it's just a beggar. No, they're they're more shocked. Exa that's they're what, more that's shocked by him immediately cradling the beggar in his lap and crying and being yeah, like, being, "Nobody oh. touch him!" <laughs> it just reminded me. It reminded me of like being a little kid, and my sister would always like sneak attack me and hurt me horribly in some fashion. Like one time she took the wand on the mini blinds that you used to like open and close them. And she, I walked in in a bathing suit and she whipped fuck. it across what the back the of my legs. Got to talk. It was horrible. I heard so much, but like, it reminded me of that when like she'd, she'd hit me or punch me or like do whatever. They'd be like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Don't tell my mom. Dad, don't tell anybody. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Are you okay? I'm so sorry. And it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> I just wanted to abuse you. Alyssa, yeah. did you oh, mark oh, how many oh, times it said know. that he stabbed him? Because it, it is a thing that comes up um, over and over again. Three or oh, more. It, it, it changes. It it does change with his like. Yeah, further each recollection he changes. But, like, the you, he clearly yeah. Blacks after the third time, it's mode. just unclear. Okay. It's a little unsettling that it wasn't just like a good old stab no. to the gut. Like he's clearly a weak creature he like, can't even, even stand up point. he's like this yeah. huddled mass he could have just like rocked right. him over like, <laughs> i'm not gonna get you once i'm just gonna repeatedly stab you over like and he over probably could have just walked over and give him like a gentle shove and he would have just fallen over yeah the stabbing was really unnecessary <laughs> well and more importantly like well i mean he just didn't read the scene at all all he saw was like potential like a, well a stranger we'll call it like i don't even know if it's a potential like bad person and then his daughter but like she wasn't frazzled. She wasn't screaming for help. Like she's an able-bodied little person. Like she could have, like she has those knife skills now. Done whatever. It's, it's, so yeah. We're. I mean, the way that it is presented to us is that the fool is unrecognizable, right? But shambling is corpse, the, right? But is the shambling corpse of beloved. But but also like, but how oh, much? God. Like, okay, yes, he's dirty and everything, and and emaciated and blind and scarred. But this, we're talking about fits here. Like, you're trying to tell Does me that... Does he not recognize his soulmate? And also, like, that he isn't looking for him in right? every Smelling. stranger's face. <laughs> it, you know, like, I would be. He's been waiting for mail from him. Well, apparently he's not. <sighs> I mean, you fits. have his whole, like... I mean, it's been... How many years has it been? Fitz has been, uh, like, like, so 35? beyond oblivious to everything this entire book. So I don't know why we would really expect that to change now. Yeah. I think it's it's a nice it's it is all right so I would do I do want to talk about like Robin Hobbs subversion yeah. of expectations so like because you're right the last time they had a reunion it was lovely it was beautiful they're in the cabin they were both young and pretty and just and Night Eyes was there so this is the exact opposite of that they're just both shells of what they used to be you know the skins of plums yeah. as Ew. be described um but i think that it's actually kind of a nice a nice uh rever reversal of that because nice <laughs> well it is it is something that maybe we didn't expect i certainly didn't expect it the first time i read it um I really thought that it was going to be a rescue mission, honestly. I thought it was going to be like he got a message or he figures out he kind of did some work to figure out where the fool was and he was going to rescue him fully up until the, this point. I was like, there's still room. There's still room in the book for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I just, I like the fact that in all of these other instances prior to this, it's always been Fitz who is at his lowest, who is broken, who is healing, stabbed, shot, dead. Um, and the fool has to kind of take care of him. And then the last mo their last meeting, Fitz spent so much time and energy returning the fool to his beautiful self that we kind of like want that, that to keep going right it's like we fully expected the fool to be the fool who was at the end of um fool's fate and it i just it was a nice subversion of expectation do i think that it i mean go ahead oh god no go ahead i was gonna say i didn't expect him to be like beaten and starving and disgusting and festering and all those types of things but I wasn't expecting to have to, like, go and rescue the fool. I I fully thought that, like, the fool was going to show up as another character. But, oh, like, like yet more another the identity? Of, like, Amber. Okay. Yeah. Like, not as, like, an identity of being so unrecognizable because of he's been beaten and tortured. Life. Life sucks. I think life beats you down. No, I touch on that in my section. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> Fool me once. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on Robin Hobb. So um, back to my 8-bit uh, idea. This is so much like a, like a cut scene in a video game to me where it's like you see something happen and like these two characters meet and there's like all this bright light and they're exclaiming and like one of them is talking and you're like what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean and then it's like fight and you're like fight but i don't know what's happening and the only mechanism is to stab that's it so you're like well i would like to move the game along so i will now stab <laughs> this person I guess I'll stab. yeah there was that game uh i was one of the gotham games and i and you were supposed to like break the joker's neck but it was like you weren't really oh, killing God. him and like I didn't do it, so you're holding as Batman. You're just sort of holding him there, and the screen's just sort of jiggling and moving back and forth. And it's, I'd let it do that for five minutes because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give in. <laughs> Forget it. If only Fitz was your restraint. Horrible story. You can edit that out, but I thought it was interesting. Well, no, because eventually, if that's the only, if that is the only mechanism for like interacting with the world that you're given, is violence then that's what you have to do i feel and like Fitz had other choices it's a video game well in a video game yeah. yeah it's like uh it's like red dead when you have to threaten or beat someone yeah to get, to get money get something from them and i just sit there and threaten <laughs> so i don't have to like punch them <laughs> you don't <laughs> can i accomplish this without threatening or without beating them <laughs> But, you know, I think maybe what I'm getting at is that Fitz has been equipped with very few skills. They're very specific skills. <laughs> but I don't know if... Kill or not. I, yeah. I, and his brain yeah, absolutely right? turns off yeah. in crisis situations. He's a danger. He's a danger. He sees danger so, and he goes, Sammy. I, mean... I read this chapter right before we had our incident with the neighbor. <laughs> oh, really? And I was like, I had to reflect on it because I was like... Yeah, I guess if it were like if that person outside my door was like the most important person in the world to me, like if, you know, Rachel ended up on the other side of the door or something instead of, you know, in behind it. And then it turned out that I hit her with the frying pan. See, but you that didn't, didn't actually happen. take the knife. Unlike Fitz. No, you're right. I'm not Fitz. 
I guess I'm lamp. Yeah, yeah he took the... F- you were just going to crush their skull. <laughs> you weren't going to stab them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's. I think it's supposed to be like, you know, protection mode. The cub is in danger. Someone we don't know is touching the cub. But, like, eventually you have to realize that your kid's going to talk to people. Like... Or was she? <laughs> She's not a big talker. <laughs> I guess, but like, will she ever talk to anyone ever again? It's like, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. My dad will stab you. He will stab you a hundred times. <laughs> sorry, Perseverance, we can't hang out anymore. <laughs> My dad's going to stab you. Oh, man. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's. There, you did good, Alyssa. The wine, the wine did good. <laughs> yeah, mine will not be as good. <laughs> Just me and the wine. <laughs> Thank you. I like my wine. Mm. The, uh, you know, it's just the beginning. Murray's in Dea. How many doing things can I put in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Chapter 31. A time of healing. Uh, the intro gives us a refresher course on the duties of a Kingsman, an important lesson that someone should have read. Uh, Fitz and the fool and Riddle stumble out onto the hilltop of the witness stones. Fitz is feeling pretty good. Riddle is not feeling so good. In fact, he face plants in the snow unconscious. So, you know, that's great. Uh, Nettle shows up with the lift they ordered and she's pissed and she goes to him immediately. Fitz, ever oblivious, is like, wow, they're really close as he carries the fool to the sled himself because he trusts no one with him. After a rolling stop through the gates, they make to the infirmary, and while the healers all swarm around Riddle, Fitz is left to lovingly strip away some of his some of the fool's gross clothes and take stock of his injuries. He looks awful. I will refrain from repeating the horrifying descriptions. In short, it's not good. The fool stops him from removing his undergarments, and Fitz is all like, fine, keep your secrets, and I just facepalm. <sighs> Uh, then Shade, Thick, Ketrickin, and Dutiful show up, having left their fancy dinner. Ketrickin is even wearing some jewelry. It's weird, but nice. Everyone's like, what the fuck happened to Riddle? But it's fine, he just needs rest. Um, Nettle ar- argues with the healers, but Fitz is solely focused on cleaning the fool because he can't bear to see him so dirty when he knows how much he would hate it. It's been so long since anyone touched me with kindness, and while that's quite heartbreaking from the fool, it's also somewhat ironic since he was literally stabbing him like an hour ago. <laughs> Ketrickin <laughs> uh, comes over to help clean him, still re- repaying her debt to him for getting her to the mountains two trilogies ago. It's nice. Um, <laughs> Nettle's best skill healer comes over and takes a look at the fool and says that a skill healing now would do more harm than good and that they should let him rest and recover his strength before they try, and everyone agrees. The fool is doing a little better than everyone expected, though, because he got a strength glow up via Riddle via Spitz in the pillar, so thanks, Riddle. Um... Nettle's not thrilled about that, though. After some exciting broth and Nettle telling Fitz to stop apologizing all the damn time, Fitz and the fool journey to Lady Time's old chambers and crawl through a wardrobe, not to Narnia, but to Shade's old lair. There the fool finally gets a bath. Hooray! While Fitz studies up on those Kingsman scrolls from the intro that he should have read earlier. When it's time for bed, the fool asks Fitz if he'll spend the night. Aww. And then with a midnight snack of stewed chicken and, of course, some, uh brandy in between the fool tells Fitz some of his tale there's uh, lots of torture but let's gloss over that 
Mostly we learned that there are no true whites anymore, only servants who are the worst, and made the fool question everything he ever thought he knew. The fool is enough of a white that it manifests in him almost completely, and so was Prokop. Um, it's also confirmed that the servants are looking for the unexpected son, and thought the fool would for sure know of him, which he did not. And the fool tried to send messengers out to warn his friends until he gave up all hope for his son and sent out a different message, which... We paused for a lengthy bathroom break. <laughs> and then we're back with Fitz and the Fool. I assume cuddling in bed together. And then the Fool explains what his second message was. He asks if Fitz would kill for him, to which Fitz replies, of course he would, to protect him. But the Fool has other ideas. He wants Fitz to kill the servants for him. Fitz thinks, that surely this is just exhaustion talking. But it turns out he's really quite insistent. He really wants Fitz to kill them all. Adding in a binding, please, for me, at the end. Oh, manipulation. I don't see why that's such a big ask. Because <laughs> they tortured they him. <laughs> are, they tortured him. They tr- clearly are trying to kill him and whoever the son may be. So it's like if Fitz says he will kill for him, then why? I mean, he just said he would. That's the mission. And what else do you do, Fitz? What do you like, I garden? Think, I, <laughs> I think he's will. If, if they were just in front of him trying to kill the fool, I think he would kill them all. Because of course he would, but I think the idea of but, like, like get planning on a an assassination and go there mission, and kill them. No. Yeah, he doesn't want to be an I assassin, mean... but he will defend the people he loves. Oh, I mean, we're that's I, really I getting that... into semantics <laughs> and like. I think that Fitz is also confused by the fact that this doesn't feel like the fool, like something the fool would ask him to do. Like it's. It... Yeah, I mean, I get, I think, I feel like to that point of, like, it's out of character for the fool to ask for this cold-blooded murder, even, I don't really think it's cold-blooded murder, but I think that just shows, like, how desperate the fool is, and, right. like, how much it actually needs to happen. Or I how just don't think it it's broken, happen. it's broken through to Fitz yet. Nothing is, yeah. really has broken through to Fitz. Fitz is like, oh, I already killed, like, or, I almost killed two people today, so... <laughs> You know, like, let's take a it's breather. Like, I already killed you, fool. What do you want from me? Yeah. It's like, my wrist is a little sensitive. I just gotta heal up a little I've bit. already saved the world twice. What do I need to do more shit for you? Come on. <laughs> but he's also really offended I've only spent by the... 35 years pining for you, and the moment you show up and ask... Yeah, like... Come on. He's also really offended at that moment where he's like, wait... Are you not a white prophet and I'm not your catalyst? Yeah, he's like, he spent the first two trilogies being like, you know, that's what you believe, but I think I'm just kind of doing my job. And now he's like, what do you mean I'm not the special chosen one and you're my problem? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, deep down, he always he always thought of himself that He's like, oh, that is what I always believed. Like, Whoops. When Sean's like, you need to get me what I want because you're just a lowly traitor, whatever, holder, badger lock. In his mind, he's like, no, actually, I'm the bastard prince. It's chivalry farseer i am catalyst, the catalyst to, the to the white prophet that's like the top tier right that's it that's the He's unknown like, title. Dragons, bitch. yeah um dragons are back dragons are back i thought everybody was so put out that fitz brought the fool and like they had to like interrupt their important vip dinner to try to save the fool and then they're just like oh he's fine well they're like he's ugly now so Accurate. i don't like him he's gross so well, who 
Eddie and Shade. That's it. That'll do well, I don't she, really care about the fool. I feel like, and maybe I'm just. She does not seem to give two flying fucks in this chapter. <laughs> I feel like Shade, and I don't want to project on Shade, but I feel like Shade's in the back, like, oh, that's the fool, huh? Oh, it's terrible. He's been stabbed. Oh, no. <laughs> Fitz. Oh, I'm prettier yeah, than him now, stab. finally. <laughs> yeah, he's detached. He's gone. It's like that guy that always makes you uh, do stuff that I don't want you to do. Oh, no. <laughs> the Fool and Shade have always been competing in Shade's eyes anyways. Mm-hmm. But Shade is winning so the beauty contest kinda, now, yeah. so he should be feeling good. I do want to say shout out to the bathroom break because <laughs> hot girls all have IBS. And... <laughs> I related to that deeply because... I I get horrible stomach aches whenever I eat meat fat. So like any fatty kind of meat. Like if it's not a chicken breast or like 99% lean ground beef, I will get a stomach ache from it. Like guaranteed I've been that way my entire life. And then he's like, oh yeah, I'm eating this hearty broth with this chicken in it. And then I'm going to have some brandy. It's like, oh no, don't do it. <laughs> you need to deprive with Pepto-Bismol first. And he's just in the little like toilet closet. Just like, oh. He's like, oh, where's the toilet? I gotta go. Okay, bye. And Fitz is like, I'm concerned. He's been in there an awfully long time. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Fitz? Which should concern him the last time he lost somebody to the bathroom for too long. <laughs> But also, yeah, because he's dehydrated. Like, he doesn't have a lot to give. Isn't his body melting from the inside out or something? Oh. It was, like, sepsis, I think, like, oozing through his body. I think it's still in there. I'm not, I'm not, it seems like it's bad. Well, he got, like, a partial heal. He got, like, a little. Yeah, he's, like, kind of iffy healed. You know, he got, like, one, he got one green potion, you know, not, like. He got the riddle boost. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think he's... I feel like we've got... We've, I feel like he's got a shelf life. Well, Riddle's the one with the shelf life. He's the one unconscious in a cot. He's fine. He just oh, needs he'll rest. bounce back. Yeah. I like that. I just, I, the way it's written, I wasn't convinced that the fool is going to be okay. That's all. I liked with Riddle that Shade just walks in and he's like, Oh, that's what he did. He'll be fine. I've done that before. <laughs> They're all just like, yeah, eat some food. What ups? Ta-ta for now. Going to go back to our fancy dinner. Every time I get a new wrinkle, I drain Riddle, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or Swift. Or Thick. Yeah. Swift, yeah. yeah. No, Steady, not Swift. Ste- yeah, steady. Steady, steady, steady. Yeah, steady. Thick is uh, Shade's battery. Steady. Um... Whenever Shade needs, like, a boost, he just takes a hit off of Thick. So, yeah, so yeah. there's a little bit of some rat conning going on about the White Prophet stuff. Uh, for every generation, there is a Chosen One, or actually, there's actually a whole place where there's a bunch of Chosen Ones. <laughs> and <laughs> the fool's just a person who skipped out on his tuition and <laughs> ran away. To cause Thank some, goodness. Caused some trouble. But, like... Okay, like they they left they left this lady in charge that was a monster, and you went back to those people. Well, they were really nice to him when he first arrived. Yeah, and it's his heritage. And... So nice that he ran away. I mean, it is the first beat him up that and he... stuff before. No, I know. Though? I'm like, like the, you like, ran away. The had, first he hasn't time. had a good go of it. Yeah, I don't know. He's like... only once. He's I mean, never maybe been wise, maybe he Joey. thought because he True. saved the world, he was 
would like maybe they would think oh right than... see i've proven you wrong i did all the things that you told me i shouldn't do and couldn't do <laughs> oh why are we're you on mad? the wrong path <laughs> oh, no. we're on the wrong path now and and i mean ruthlessly ruthlessly used him I mean, I know that, like, the fool has always sort of lamented how he had to use fits to get his way, to get his end, which we've gotten a glimpse of how that works, right? It's not just, like, a sense. It's, like, a literal pick and choose. Like, he saw the way to get dragons back, and so he made it happen. Choose and, your own fits venture. Yeah, and so he's always felt sort of bad for that, but this is, like, on another level. Because... Like, yeah, Fitz was tortured, but it wasn't, like, the fool doing it. I don't know. So how do guess... these people work? I mean, they they go out there, they don't have the site, they find a bunch of albino people, <laughs> and then they ask them things, and then they're like, okay, and they try to put it together like the Benny Gesserit. Like, I, okay, thank you. I was going to say it. Oh, Jesus, the two of them. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of what it seems like they're doing, but it's like... Joey, you're going to get a whole book to learn this. <laughs> oh, okay. At least. Right, great. Yeah. <laughs> These weirdos. You're going to be sick of them in like five seconds. I probably playing a game they, with a cult in it right now. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're nowhere even on the level as cool as a Benny Gesserit. I just want you to... No, they're awful. No, they're not. they're lame, Benny Jesuit. <laughs> Benjamin Jesuit. <laughs> Benji. Benjamin Jesse Mints. Jesmins. Jasmine Mints. Benji's Jasmine Mints. <laughs> yeah. Um the Fresh Maker. So we do get kind of like an echo of the of the cuddling in the cabin with the the cuddling in Shade's old room after He also the brings guts. up the like cuddling in the tent. <laughs> yes. I mean it's just it seems like this is like like it's it's just funny how Fitz literally like like a jacket he was wearing that he threw to the ground. He did that with his responsibilities as father and holder Badgerlock. <laughs> it was like the fool is here. <laughs> this is me now. <laughs> like, whatever he needs, whatever he wants, we're gonna sleep in the wall together. I don't. I'm not talking to anyone else. Like this is the whole job. I mean, well, I mean, what do you? Yeah, go ahead, Ashley. What's wrong with that? Well, like go. his daughter, he was very concerned about his daughter, and now just doesn't care anymore. Yeah, but he's not with her, and he can't get back to her immediately. So why can't he snuggy time with his BFF in the bed? Oh no, I'm with you. I 100% support this. I'm just saying <laughs> that if you are like Team Father Fitz, this is a <laughs> this is a snag. Okay. All parents use babysitters, and he should not be judged when there is an emergency and he needs to address something. He, he should judge using his child Sean. with somebody who is supposed to be highly competent and able to protect her. Why? Because Shade said not, so. Shade's There's two of them. I mean, they're both like mostly adults and an entire staff at the house. I know. Like, I would <laughs> yeah, have been entire, like, Riddle, take my daughter back to the house and give her to Revel. 
I don't care what you do after that. And because he's a fucking idiot, he hasn't put together that his albino child (laughs) is the chosen child or the missing child. Because gender is... Apparently gender gender is really important. Um... Even though it's clearly been translated yeah, through like so 12 I mean, languages like, to get to them. Exactly. If he had known that she was being hunted, he wouldn't have done no. that. But he doesn't know that. And so he's just like, okay, you're going to stay with a sitter tonight. Plus, she has her own fucking hidden tunnel system. So what would he have done had he known about you know the following? He would chapters? have had to have trusted them to take the fool through. But like, who would have done it? Yeah. They don't well, like... He, he ne- might have taken her with him through the pillars. Or he could. Well, that's a lot of people. Oof, I don't know. Sure. Like it, people, he already got fucked up. Riddle already got fucked up, and he I mean, it's kind of like an impossible situation. And I understand like why Hob constructed it that way because it is extremely reasonable for him to leave B behind and separate himself from her in this situation. We know the rules of the of the of the pillars. We you know four people's probably too many. Like this is it. Take all the confident people away and uh, uh, experience the consequences of your own actions. That was Eli's. I mean, quite honestly, if he had known that B was her life was in trouble, they wouldn't have gone to the. No, he would have been like, well, Woody, I think that's also maybe a choice that Hob very, very carefully did not make. The fool or B. We don't want to pit these characters against each other. Suck. We're supposed to like both of these characters. Thanks, Robin, for not making us have to do that. Yeah. So really, we should be grateful. <laughs> yeah. Should we? I don't. <laughs> um, let's, let's do Chapter 32. All right. Chapter 32, The Raid. Forewarning, this is a long chapter, and it's mostly action. So there's going to be a lot, lot in here. Um. The intro to chapter 32 is a writing on White Prophets by Ripal Shekalum. <laughs> Great name. According to the locals, only once a generation is a true White Prophet born. The locals. I, get, I assume that this is the, the pale isle he's talking about. But if the child is born in a place that celebrates White Prophets, then at age 10, they are sent to the pale isle thought to be the original homeland of the white folk and now where the servants reside the servants are dedicated to studying and preserving the prophecies of the white prophets until 20 a white prophet will not be allowed to read the prophecies of others once a white prophet becomes 20 though they go to prophet college and are finally exposed (laughs) to the prophecies of others upon getting to prophet college the author writes of learning about learning of the generations of white prophets which could not be found. When the time for a new white prophet has come and passed, the the servants take it upon themselves to read through the prophecies and figure out where to look for this missing white prophet. When they eventually found the missing prophet's home, they came and found out that the child had been deemed a freak and was left to starve. Yay. So I assume that this is some some time uh, far in the past. If they're talking about it being once a generation, and this is somebody we've never heard of before. Um, 
So back in the present, Bee, Lant, and Shun are making their way back to Withywoods. Bee's having a rough night, though. The young adults remain sour gossips, and Lant is a bad driver. <laughs> he's also accidentally drops a bunch of snow on Bee when she's trying to get out of the wagon. Eventually, Purr and Revel come along and help her get her belongings into the house. What a hunk Revel is, though. He's tall, he's nice, he smells like flowers. Bee is very impressed, and Revel promises to teach Bee how to make her own fragrances. That night, Bee has an odd dream of meeting a large wolf named Wolf Father. <laughs> and uh, note that uh, the voice actor in the audiobooks has Wolf Father talking in Fitz's voice. Wolf Father claims to be the part of your father who never stops thinking about you, or perhaps <laughs> a part of a wolf that didn't end up with the re- didn't end when the rest of me did. B sees the memory stone cube in the den and tells Wolf Father that the person on the cube is the same as the beggar who Fitz stabbed. Mm-hmm. Wolf Father explains that Fitz would have would have to have left with the sentless one. And there comes a time when every cub is left to fend for himself. You'll do well if you don't mire in self-pity. Self-pity only gets you more of the same. Your father will come back. He always comes back. And when he, and until he does, I am here. New book readers, have we met, heard this quote before? I feel like we have, but I don't know if it is like a Birch quote or if it's just me remembering the last time I read this book. I made a t-shirt of it. Did you really? The yeah, self-pity quote? Yes, I did. <laughs> Maybe that's what you remember. But I, I just can't, I can't remember where it originates from. If it's from Wolf Father or like a previous. It's definitely a Night Eyes quote. Yeah, this is a very Night Eyes thing to say. Yeah, for sure. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> that's the wrong. That Jess, that's the shirt that Jess wore I'm wrong. when she was Night Eyes when we were Fitz and the Fool at Comic Con. Bridge, who? Okay. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> All right. the The next morning, B is allowed to sleep in as Lant has called a two hour delay. Either some of the kids have to travel through snow, or Lant had a party <laughs> the second Fitz was away. <laughs> also, today is now Winterfest Eve and everyone is getting festive. Minstrels have arrived and everyone is in a good mood. Before going to class, B checks out the hidden passage to get it ready for a few days of hiding from everyone. While there, she finds the butterfly cloak and takes it with her. At school, we get another short scene of Lant being a terrible teacher, but we're saved from that by a scream down the hallway. <laughs> Lant goes to investigate, and then B and Purr also go out in the hallway because they're deviants. Um, shouts and metal clashing on metal can be heard down the hallway. Then Revel comes towards them down the hallway, and B gets very excited to see someone she can count on, only to have him fall over and breathe, run, hide, before dying and revealing a knife stuck in his front. Shit is real. What are the kids to do? Note, we get a hint that B may have the wit, other than, you know, the wolf father scene, and that she can tell that Revel is dead instantly while Purr has to go check on the body. B and Purr round up the other kids, and after much convincing, B leads them to the pantry entrance of her secret passage network. 
Along the way, they see signs of violence in the kitchen. More screams can be heard in the distance. B loads up the children with food and sends them along into the, into the passages. She stays behind to clean up the muddy footprints, but then gets locked out of the secret passage. No good deed, am I right? B has no choice but to follow Purr to the stables now. And then the path to the stables takes them right to the intruders. So we get this scene of all of the people who live in Withy are gathered outside the manor. There are three burly men on horseback with bloody swords in their hands, and they're watching over everyone. B thought that she recognized one of them, which I think is an interesting line because I don't recall where she might have recognized one of them before. Um, two bodies are laying face down in pools of blood, and one of them B recognizes as Lant because of his fancy clothes. A cheerful-looking middle-aged woman in furs was with the soldiers, and she's giving orders in a language that B doesn't know. But then she turns around and in a highly accented uh, common tongue, or whatever the Sixtuchy's tongue is, uh, says that they are searching for a pale boy who would have come to Withy Woods recently. Someone who could be as young as a child or as old as a middle-aged man. <laughs> could be anybody. <laughs> really. That's um, the age range to put on your dating profile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just need you to be white very very white, very white. <laughs> yeah we're just looking for a white person white person 5 to 45 you know um, the captives declare that there is no one like that and that B knows that the description is of the unexpected son um, B notices a man she recognized from Oak Spywater come out of the manor it's the man who is hidden by light in the alley now he is shrouded by fog. Very interesting description. And uh, to all of the new readers, I, even though I had read all of this before, uh, last time when I was, uh, whenever I got to the part in Oaks by Water where there was somebody surrounded by light, which is like very Hob-like described in a way that is like unimportant and like it's like sort of easy to overlook other than the fact that it's weird that someone would be like shrouded in light. Um, and I was in the spoiler cast, like, or maybe it was in the text, text chat, like, who the hell is this guy? Who's this guy shrouded by light? Uh, but yeah, he, he's important and he shows up again. Uh, but now, uh, B recognizes him, but she feels like she has to keep her walls up to stay hidden from him. So obviously a skilled person, um, Purr cannot see his father among the captives and decides to go check the stables. He finds a hiding spot for B behind some plants and then runs off to the stables. But after like literally like 30 seconds, B remembers she has the butterfly cloak. And so she like sticks it on like her invisibility cloak and goes running after Purr. Um, at the stables, there are bodies everywhere. Purr comes out of the stables crying, but with two horses ready because he's a... Uh, you know, just a reliable guy, despite all the bad shit going on. Um, B and Purr make a run for it, but a cry of alarm rings out, and they are soon pursued. Purr sets both horses into a gallop, and they are racing down the roads from Withy. Arrows flying past, and suddenly Purr is down on the ground. Um, he's got a, an arrow hit him, and it passed right through him. Purr is too heavy for B to move, so she does the only thing she can think of and throws the butterfly cloak over top of him and then hops back on the horse and runs away. 
Um, interestingly, maybe the second time where it shows that maybe she has the wit, she begs the horse to run and it starts galloping. Um, B is soon run down the, by the pursuers, though, in much larger horses. And uh, the middle-aged lady immediately begins treating B as if she's a lost child returned to them. My poor boy, you're finally safe. We're going to take you home. The unexpected son, we finally found you. And then a wave of happiness comes over B. They're here. The ones I belong with, she thinks. Ugh. Yeah. This whole thing. Just, I got a lot Gross. of thoughts and opinions on this chapter. So, yeah. many times it's one, Eli. Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, <laughs> like, Eli, the only thing I thought when we saw a guy shrouded in light in that other chapter was that is a very person <laughs> oh good good <laughs> like a glowing character in a video game of like right here this is coming back like special a item for like, sale yeah, I mean, you know hmm. right it's a quest item like that little twinkling stars floating around it <laughs> very good you're all better than me at this um <laughs> but i think what else i, I think what, what, what were you gonna say I, Rachel? i was gonna say yeah. i think what you were getting at in the at the beginning of the section when they show up and you felt like time had stopped you you were thinking of of the fog man yes mm. fog man oh no mm-hmm. yes. i so the i kind of want to go back and reread that now um that you say that but i was thinking that maybe thinking it was like <laughs> I was thinking that maybe it was like, oh, this is destiny. Oh. I've hit like a moment of importance in my life and now I should be paying attention. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I feel like whenever the time slows or any of that, that's her like hitting one of those important moments. But perhaps it was also because they were entering the field of, you know, his influence. Um okay so i just i need to i need us to start with the thing that drove me the most crazy about this chapter if you had a cloak of invisibility we don't all need to be a hero you know what sometimes you just gotta ride the trauma you gotta just like duck and cover why the fuck did she not say let's just get under this cloak we're gonna stay here we're gonna be invisible until this gets better. I know, like, I appreciate the fact that they're, like, good people or whatever, and are like, we're gonna save everybody and ride to town. But in what world did they think that they're gonna be able to get out of that barn riding on horses? They can see that she's there. Like, they, they're they looking at her. They're just, like, 500 feet away. So she's like, I'm gonna hide him really fast, and maybe they won't notice him. They'll think he's dead. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about after he gets shot. I'm talking about when they're at the house and making the decision oh, to go to, to the barn get and get on horses. Well, because she's away. she's just doing what. Well, Pear doesn't know that she has an invisibility cloak. That's that's B's fault. <laughs> well, she yeah. she could have said something. She could have, and they could have just like when she couldn't get into the passageway. I would have been like, okay, time to use the invisibility cloak. And, like, fucking hunker down somewhere. And the fact that they thought that they were two kids going to get on horses and then somehow be able to not be found out and make it all the way to town. Like, it's just so unreasonable. Well, I mean, Pear... 
They're they're like nine. Per, and also, Per has I just mean, seen his family dead, and he's just like I get it. Trying to, all he has is is protect Lady B, and he's maybe not making the best decisions. But yeah, he's a kid, and but he's tallest man now. He's t- but oh. but like oh, Jenny. What the oh fuck? my god, Jenny! Brutal. Damn, savage, savage. Oh my god. <laughs> Just twisting no, the but, knife. But you're you're right, Ashley. Like they didn't even need a cloak if like they went Honestly, on the other didn't. side of the manor and just... walked in the opposite direction. Like who's gonna find him? Yeah. Yeah, they could have hidden in so many places on the property that they didn't. But Yeah, Wolf Father, excuse me. Can yeah, you tell them what are you fucking doing? Yeah, and uh, that's my other question I have is like why isn't Wolf Father giving them advice in like these moments of you know, survival. I don't know. It's all just maybe his attention is split. I do want to talk about Wolf Father. So Wolf Father has, who has sort of been talking, sort of been like, sort of there, has now somehow fully, you know, materialized Casper style in her life and says, Only "Hi, in a I'm... dream. Hi, I'm Wolf Father." Yeah, in a dream. It was a dream, and it might just be because Fitz is not directly with her. Right. So is it a split? Is it because Fitz is currently occupied doing something else or is or is this I would like to imagine he can only be in one place at a time and he's like bounding across his mental link to go try and like tell Fitz what's, what's going happening? on. <laughs> Fitz just not listening. I mean that's actually kind of a good theory because you're you're right. If I was if I was a ghost of Night Eyes or whatever is left of Night Eyes, this is a really important moment to be helping Cub. And if you're not there, you better be trying to do something useful. So hopefully... It's like the cartoon scenario where they're trying to be in two places at once and they just keep running back and forth in different outfits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Doubtfire. Uh, so... She goes to class two hours late because there was a rager and Lant sucks. But hey, Lant got what was coming to him, I guess. Ugh. Oh god. It feels she fell in love and then he was dead so soon. It feels Didn't like this is the kind of stuff where I'm like, is Robin Hobb manipulating me? Am I supposed to feel bad <laughs> that I didn't like this guy because you just I felt much more upset about Revel. Well Yeah. Oh my god, Revel dying is fucking tragic. Yeah, yeah no, that it's is not the fair. fucking worse. She fucked up on that. But one. also, like, Shade said that um, Loverboy was gonna, like, be a protector, and my man's got murdered real fucking quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Shade, Shade fucked up with his new crop. I don't think Shade had, was being really realistic about, about Lant. Or Sean. Or Sean. Um. Yeah, so we've got these. So we have the smiling lady uh, and her henchmen, one of which is the fog man. We're going to call him the fog man. And um, they've got okay. B. Yeah. And B was a little too excited to see them, okay? Well, I mean, in, yeah. in, in Lance, yeah, in Lance's defense, B as soon as she was there was like entirely 
she under gave up a spell yeah. or something. Yeah, she just gave up. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one of the things that was really shocking to me in this chapter is the timing of Winterfest when they're like, it's Winterfest Eve. But then like they were talking about going shopping and they're like, oh, I'm sure people will have their Winterfest tables set up in time for Winterfest to be happening. It made it seem like Winterfest was like a month away, but then it ended up not being a month away. Well, I think it's it's not like it's the next day. So you can still do your stuff. You know, you could still go to the market and buy things that day. Yeah. They made it seem like the tables were like just starting to be set up. Like, oh yeah, I think like people will have tables set up for Winterfest. Well, you know, they don't live in a highly commercialized Christmas starts on October eighteenth. <laughs> God damn um, it! There we go. Rachel's Rachel's political opinions on Christmas. <laughs> Thanksgiving actually Sorry, starts. I brought it up. It starts the day after Thanksgiving. You're welcome, Macy's. <laughs> I put up my holiday decorations the day after. Why Thanksgiving? can't it just right. start like two days before? Why does it have to be this thing that takes over a quarter? Because of the I year? want my neighbors to have to look at my home decorations for a solid thirty days, and also it takes me like a day to put them up. So I'm not just trying to do that for a short amount of time. I just if we didn't, if we had less time, we wouldn't do it. We wouldn't bother, and it would just not be a thing. It'd be great. It'd be like, and the world would be sad. President's Day. Twinkle lights are fucking awesome. Let's celebrate Winterfest instead. I would do that. We could all get stoned you guys, on they had cakes. So many nuts at my grocery store yesterday when I went in, and they did not have any chestnuts, and I was super disappointed. I'm oh, gonna go to the recipes chestnuts. from Buck account and see if there is a carrot seed cake. Is carrot seed Winterfest <laughs> or Springfest? Oh, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I made it in like, Mountain Obviously. Kingdom, so I just like in my brain I associate it with winter. But I'm a walnut guy. <laughs> walnuts are delicious. Pecans are good too. Walnuts are a little bitter. Pecans are a little on the like sweeter that. side. All right, like so we turn off beer. all of our lights, only candle lights. Okay, we make, loving it. We make, loving it. We make, I love a good house fire threat. We make dubious baked goods. <laughs> mm. dubious. Okay. Okay. We wear saggy leggings. <laughs> I make a cheese ball that is out of this world. I'm just gonna. We say. had better have a Winterfest party, please, in person. Ashley's hosting. Everybody, everybody can come to my place. Christmas got canceled at my house, so I'm. I'm so I'm gonna dress we'll have all fire in, the in the backyard you give, and ball around. You give the ball. the man you like a big, a big staff. stick. A big stab. Yeah. A big stab. Someone left. has to have a bird, a dead bird, on their head. I have a I have a stuffed bird in my living room. I'll just put it on a hat. A vulture. Minstrels. Feels like that made up Seinfeld episode. I know tons uh, of musicians. Holly crowns. I'm gonna dress all in white and come ominously towards your back door from the highway. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Yeah. That frying pan. Cast iron skillets. Everybody has to have a cast (laughs) iron skillet. I I will dress as fits and I will ignore your existence, Rachel. (laughs) Not there until it's too late. I'm not here. I can't find her. We're only in a room with 12 people. I cannot see her. <laughs> yeah, I did anybody else get nervous when B said that there were minstrels that arrived? Yeah. Yep. I was like, why are we oh, trusting yeah. minstrels? We don't do that. I was like, hey, minstrels yeah, are Yeah, I definitely was like, what this the is fuck? a no minstrel premises. It's like a guy like, with like a banjo with no strings. It's right? Like, like yeah, why I, I thought... he plays that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fitz I didn't... played a stick. <laughs> I played a stick. Fitz didn't ban minstrels like 10 years ago when the incident happened. Right? He doesn't even remember Again, that incident. He's, he's like, no, oh he doesn't. Messenger <laughs> but like, if this was a Disney movie, it'd be like, Father, I would love minstrels for Winterfest. We don't do minstrels here. Why not? Long ago, there was an incident with minstrels. Well, he never talked about it. I'm going to invite them anyway. And then they're evil. That That's the Disney version of that. And then Show the Frey band shows up. Shitty minstrels. I'm really, really devastated that Revel got stabbed, but, you know, if anyone was going to try to protect the children, it would be Revel and certainly not Lant. I know, but he smelled good and he was going to love those kerchiefs so much and he never even got to get them. They were, I mean, this, do you remember at the beginning where Shade just kept telling him over and over, you need some real guards at Withy Woods and Fitz is like, why? I'm a badass. I don't need any Mm -hmm. guards. I'm a guard. I'm like the, I'm the Terminator. Well, it's like, what happens when you're not there? These people are just running around just like they can't even keep a door closed. Like, I mean, I get it. They're not yeah. warriors, but oh, this seems like a yeah. lot of... I mean, I, even yeah. if... I mean, we knew something was going to happen, but... Even if Fitz wasn't there, I he really should have had more. Like, there should have been something. Right? Even if Fitz was there, there's probably shit he could have done. I mean, he could have gone berserker on a couple few of them. Even if Fitz was there, I don't know. My point is that, like, raiders are out there. It's a bad world. You know, like, they're far, far away from Buckkeep, at least far enough away to where there's no patrols. I mean, you'd think it would be, like, living in in the world of, you know, Buckkeep or the Six Duchies 101. Well, he doesn't have a, and he doesn't have his wit partner anymore, right? So it's like Fitz on his own, like he need, you know, he doesn't have that. Friends. He doesn't have that scout that's <laughs> going around telling him what to do. Because remember, go back to Moon's Eye when he was in jail and everything was on fire, and Night Eyes was like instrumental in getting him out, and yeah. and that was like one guy against a whole town too, and that kind of worked. But Fitz on his own without Night Eyes, I feel like Fitz is really overestimating his abilities. <laughs> he's he's also not really done any training in thirty five yeah. years. Right, yeah, he's I mean, like Sean sixty. Almost could have killed him, I guess. So that's which is bad. why I thought it was really funny when he killed the the dog, or not. He didn't kill the dog guy, but when he picked up the dog, it ruined his face. Salesman, yeah, and ruined his face, and like picked <laughs> him up with one hand off the ground, and then punched him and all that. I'm like. Would he really have been able to do that? Like this man isn't working out. He doesn't have a weight room. He's not training. Like he's got skill, human replacement hormone. What is it? Human? Yeah, he's got skill, human <laughs> growth hormone. His body is optimized. <laughs> human skill you know hormone that, like, keeps itself in shape. I don't know. Like HSH. you know, sometime at like three in the morning after he's burned seventeen scrolls of like letters to beloved do you think he like runs around the house and does like you know combat training i don't i don't, I don't think, think he's in like combat rolls down the stairs it's like part of him he's just he gets to be that way he gets to i don't yeah i would muscles. think like like he he's not in marvel shape because he's not actively working out he's just like <laughs> naturally like that and used to be fit so he's like more like the cast of fast and furious where it was like i used to work out i don't anymore i'm just wearing shirts but you can't saggy tell. dom yeah <laughs> i don't know i think fitz wakes up with like a squirrel in his mouth in the middle of the night but like, how did i get out here he's out in the snow 
just wakes up. Mouthful of squirrel. Like a werewolf. <laughs> Wolf father took yeah. over Aww. in the night. It's like we That's how hunt. he gets the car. You know what? I sign me up. If you can just exercise while I'm sleeping so I can wake up fit, that would be that would <laughs> That's be That's a really good idea. By the way, so Rachel, you have to really you, sleep. You have to have human growth hormone um applied via syringe. It doesn't there's no pill form, just so you know. Okay. I looked well, at the skill version is. Yes, this is this is fantasy, Joey. I know, but this is part of another conversation we've been having. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, yeah, no, skill would be great. I'd do it, sure. Okay, so everyone is dead. Mm -hmm. All the good people are not everyone is dead. That's not true. There's a a lot of people are very alive on the driveway, shun with less hair. All the good people are dead. And all the and, kids yeah. hid in the walls without her. Like well, the kids are in the walls. So like, the good one is dead. All of Rebel. all of Revel and and Perseverance are out, and um, she uh, Perseverance is not dead. I, got, I will not acknowledge he got that sha- as a death. He got a shaft to the what the arm shoulder the shoulder shoulder. Yeah, it went all the way through. And. So that's good. He's fine. It's you know, it's not that he's gonna live, and then he's gonna tell Fitz that that he's gonna tell Fitz that B was like, "Yay, my people, peace, motherfuckers!" Like dip. And then Fitz is gonna be like, "She abandoned me because I'm a bad father." What in her makes her feel that way? Maybe it's you know DNA, one of the magics that they have. Remember when when Night Eyes found another pack of wolves and was but like, none of, oh, none wolves. of these motherfuckers and then went to be with them. They're not whites. They're just assholes who just like live near whites. They're from they, but they there's they know who and what she is. But they do. But like they're just assholes. They're not. I was mean, it not made clear what's happening? I know. <laughs> but I get the sense they're part of the Church of the Whites, but they themselves are not whites. So I just don't like. They're servants. They're wearing They're servants, white jackets. They yeah. st- and I feel like my first order of business as somebody who should be served by these assholes is to fall on your swords, assholes, because you just killed all my friends. No, no I don't that's, think that's not how, that works. They, how they work. They got, they got some magic. Yeah. Yes, they got, remember they got the magic fog, fog man? What do we like think it. he's So doing? he fogged her into thinking that them's are peoples? Oh, that's rude. <laughs> She got gassed. <laughs> let's let's hit the epilogue. But I like me. I don't know. God. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Wow. Oh. All right. The epilogue. The epilogue is a cautionary tale about rats and how you may or may not die of sepsis if you get bitten by one. So get you a cat, y'all. Wait, JK. This is a cautionary tale about life because just FYI, life is fucked up and um, it has highs and lows and joys and sorrows and a splash of PTSD and a tidal wave of anxiety mixed in. And at least this is something that Fitz and I can both relate to. Uh, rat bites, unless they kill you, are the least of your concerns. We create memories of the good and the bad, some prominent and some fade. Uh, but now Fitz has a fresh new memory that will likely never fade. It's the memory of a perfectly lovely day getting ruined to shit by the kidnapping of his child, which sets to motion what Fitz calls the darkest time of his life. 
hashtag worst day ever hashtag fuck my life xoxo lonely boy (laughs) (laughs) i just finished finally watching you which i believe is the real continuation of gossip girl (laughs) (laughs) please stay tuned for my thesis i am rewatching gossip girl at this we could have a podcast about that i'm so glad i am free of the worst show i've ever seen but yeah rachel say something about dune hurry (laughs) <laughs> no, this is a Gossip Girl podcast now. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, what we're gonna become. Uh, yeah, yeah, they no, they I cut Margot Fenring from the movie. I have nothing to say. Wow. So the fact that Fitz says the darkest time of his life is what we are walking into <laughs> is really saying something, because we've seen some really horrific shit and this is we, we do you know what this makes me of think it. of it makes me think of robin hobbs instagram account <laughs> <laughs> the most bleak <laughs> can't you find guys a single say silver this. lining you always say that her shit is so bleak and i don't agree with that at you all don't um, so? let me pull this up no <laughs> let me pull up uh a, just like a picture okay, of, i'm pulling of it up something. too hold on there's a picture of like a, de- a decomposing a robin or something apple tree for example and she'll be like this harvest really sucked i have too <laughs> but many apples, apples are actually tricky is apple to... salvage. no they, she was they look good but then they're actually like really mealy and disgusting like they take work she had tedious apple apples. salvage the long slow road to apple butter this was a garden <laughs> fail but i learned from every disaster see she there put a positive is. spin on it well <laughs> there's just a certain tone that she has uh well you're maybe okay so this one says every apple stripped from infested tree usually i would leave pecked ones for birds to finish but none of these must be allowed to fall to the ground First step to trying to... Oop, my phone turned off. First step to trying to break pest cycle. You know what she's going to do? She's, she's going to burn it. She's going to drag it all to a thing and burn it in the middle you of the night. You have to. <laughs> all my pretty apples off one tree are infested. So discouraging. I need to break this cycle now. Chickens will have a feast after I salvage what pieces I can. Lots of applesauce to be canned, I think. No okay, storage of food. Okay, but the post... <laughs> The post before this one, reduce, reuse, recycle. Canning jars can reduce your impact on solid waste facilities as we use them over and over and over. This is a centennial jar for Mason made in 1976. That's some good content, okay? It's a clear jar on a white background so you can really see all the details. (laughs) Fungi, essential to decay. Uh, precision work by woodpecker. She says beautifully drilled holes in a log. The, legitimately, the last one I saw was a picture of a rotting fish. On oh the, yeah, the on, fish in, in like the, a clump the of dead grass. fish. In the, yes, here it is. So pleased to see this spawned out humpy on the Nisqually River bank today. I used to see many of these, indicating a healthy salmon run that feeds everything. But this is the first and only carcass I've seen in 2021. Doesn't mean there isn't more fish. I certainly hope there were. I want to go back tomorrow to see what has eaten it. I was a bit puzzled to see it just alone and uneaten on the bank. I think I may have interrupted someone's meal. What the fuck? What the fuck? Death is also beautiful. The post after that says, first frost was a killer. Holy shit. Do you see this? At close to 10 a.m., it's slowly giving way. I covered tomatoes expecting a light frost. Nope. Some tomatoes are frozen. 
as if I'd put them in the freezer overnight. <laughs> Harvest cut short. That is how gardening goes. I think that the I think that she spends at least two hours a day sitting silently in the middle of her garden, watching pests destroy half her garden and ruminating on that. I mean, beautiful. And then maybe she writes a book. You know. I think she's just in tune with it. We're all we. The, the the state of 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 humanity state of the hu- of human existence is to always fear our mortality and robin hobb has tapped into a peace with death and it comes yeah. off to the rest of us as morbid and uh, macabre when but really it's, it's really so she's just, just on her way to nirvana she, okay. when she dies she's gonna be like cool i don't know if i describe it as morbid but I would just whenever I read her Instagram captions to like a picture of like usually something pretty okay. It's just I think of could you please lighten up a little? <laughs> <laughs> she has a post of a of a praying mantis that says new friend. She has a post of clover that says it's a blessing. Praying mantis she kills things. About, <laughs> she has a post about <laughs> fungi that says it's essential. Yes. She does say. She does say essential to decay. Decay is essential to rebirth. So, again, that reinforces what Joey was saying. She's very okay with death. It's about it. She's like, this is great. Well, the, it's the po- ultimate the point, goth. The point of my commentary is that, you know, she's pretty, like, metal. And obviously her point of view is necessary for the story that she's telling us. I just, I worry. I worry. I worry if I can get through it. You know what I mean? It's like, what? You know how like the fools like I'm so sorry that I have to do this to you. Fitz is like, does she feel that way about her reader? Yes. <laughs> I don't think she feels sorry for us at all. No. Why no. would she? Because she's hurting us. Because she writes it, and she can hear us crying. Like the the pages become damp as she's typing on them. Because the like. The tears from the future are flowing back to her. Nah. Nah. Well, B's been kidnapped, so hopefully they will rue the day, or he will completely fail. It was there's... consensual. You know, there's going to be some failures on a path to them ruining the day. And maybe the fool will help him. Maybe not. I don't know. The fool seems a little pathetic right now. So TBD. <laughs> He's stronger than he looks. I don't see the fool going on an adventure unless it's like an adventure in the bathtub or something. They might have a jazz <laughs> adventures, right? <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. Like there's just a little paper boat, and he's like, "All right." Only the bubbles keep those mysteries. <laughs> Just stick a tub on a sled and just pull it along just behind Fitz. Oh man, that's what the Lady Time again. stuff was training him for from a, at a young age. Don't they have like a better entrance into that lair? Like they have to crawl through a fucking. I was thinking. Room. I was like, is the fool in like the kind of like state condition to be? Yeah, crawling through the back of a wardrobe is really a Yeah, good they idea. made it seem like the wardrobe was just like a doorway. Like, oh yeah, just like walk on through. And like, no, you'd definitely be like dragging his little carcass. Yeah, through. like <laughs> pumping through there. Yeah, his little bones dragging on the, on the threshold. Damn. I, guess. I just like that, that it, you can tell that this is a family because where do they go in a crisis? In the walls. In the walls. I, I like it. 
Retreat to the walls. Okay. To the walls. Every episode we're props. in the walls. Are They're with us. Family? Yes, we're all family with them. <laughs> okay, thanks. That's what I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> Rachel's like, God damn it, shut up. <laughs> family. Family? Sure, whatever. Uh, we are we are pack character introductions and exits. Ramble. Goodbye, Ramble. Lover boy, peace. Goodbye, Lamb. Who cares? Bye. Revel. Goodbye, the loss of Rebel is a true tragedy. Tall man Couldn't and taller just... man. Sorry. <laughs> Shun ain't dead, though. Shun's alive. Lucky now. her. So he probably wishes she was. She's gonna join that cult. Oh, she'll probably spin it and be like, I was the boldest and the bravest. Look, I don't have any hair anymore. I was stronger than Lent. He got murdered. What exactly? Those green Wait, tights. What happened to her hair again? I just, I missed this. I don't know. I just said she had less of it. <laughs> Did she get she shaved? No, she, she get... was dragged by her hair. Oh. Like That's... when Rachel gave me an abscess on my head when we were about eight years old at our grandmother's funeral. <laughs> uh, Ashley's like, all of her childhood stories are about how her you sure Sisters. you want to be family now, Alyssa? Family members abused her. <laughs> my brother it's used to rip whack. out my hair. It's fine. I would sit there screaming and he would just rip it out. <laughs> I have bald spots to this day. Okay, okay. so... Uh, You're better. Thank char- you. <laughs> character introductions. Um, we have the... Uh, fog man. Curly fog haired man. bitch. And other the, guy. And the, uh, the kindly lady. I, cheerful lady. Something like that. Oh, that's curly-haired lady, yeah. Boring-faced lady. The uh, the one that she recognized for some reason. Rutrow, the guy on the horse, I believe. Horse man, one of the soldiers. One of the soldiers, yeah. Plain man. Uh, okay, animal assists. Wolf father. Very Those horses tried really hard. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, only, if only Pris were bigger and could run faster. Yeah, I was like, really? We're going to have this miniature human on this miniature fucking horse, and you think that it's going to outrun whatever like <laughs> war stallion these fucking hunters are on? <laughs> It's just all very annoying to me. Remember the horse chase in the third in the in the middle trilogy? That was always very thrilling. <laughs> yep. um, uh, fashions from Jamelia. We had those green tights. That's it. We had rags. Rags. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were probably from hey, Jamelia. We could have had. We kind of. We kind of got to enjoy a fur, a wolf fur-lined robe, which sounds v luxurious, and will be my Christmas gift to everybody after I slaughter some wolves. Oh. <laughs> oh, the, the that was the dream. It was a yes, dream. The wolf. dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dream robe. The dream robe. And she had the slippers that turned her feet into paws. Yes. <laughs> Tiny <Whoa>. cub. <laughs> Uh, I I that sounds great. Someone cosplay yeah, that. Badass. Um, roll the map. They'll just people will think you're Little Red Riding Hood and <laughs> slash the wolf mashup. They yep. won't get it. That's it. You'll just be deathly pale as well. Just very pale. Roll the maps. Where are we? And how did we get there? We split the party. Same places. We've split the party though. We've split the party. So now. 
stuff will we happen. were in the outhouse <laughs> we now know why there's a map of Willywood. so that we know where all the people died <laughs> i think it's really interesting that a lot of times they're like yeah there's like a quote like a like a bathroom like there's some outhouse or some room for a toilet or whatever but then they're also like chamber pots and i'm like well which one is it are we going to the poop room or are we just pooping in the room Oh, well, it's like a, this is like the third time it's come up. It's I feel room. like one is for I... people who want to do it thoroughly and others for lazy folks. <laughs> yeah, if it's just a piss. You just take I feel like bowl. Shade is probably like one of those types of people that has like a guard robe. And then like if you're like a, a guest, like if you are if you live there, you have a guard robe. But if you're just a guest and we don't know how long you're going to be there, then your room doesn't have one. So you just get a chamber just... pot pooping in the corner <laughs> you know behind a chair for a little privacy whenever i think about that i always think about how like for women it's like at least you have the skirts to like give yourself a little bit of privacy but like what were the men doing are they just dropping trow like squatting oh, in the yeah. corner oh, it's yeah, very definitely. vulnerable yeah definitely <laughs> super tough looking i know men <laughs> they're just pooping in the bed like always sunny uh Fitz misery has a moment. <laughs> Such a good episode. <laughs> uh, Fitz misery has a moment. The return of does Fitz suck? We are rating him from a one to a five. Five being the worst. Five. He five. sucked a good bit. <laughs> I mean, he did stab <laughs> the fool at least three times. More. He than three stabbed times. his beloved. He abandoned his child. <laughs> Got his child. He stole Kiddo. real strength. Wasn't great. Wasn't a great. Yeah, 5. it wasn't 5. a good look. I, you know, I don't feel bad for Riddle because Riddle knew what the score was. I have, Riddle knew what he was yeah. getting into, and Riddle was fine yeah. with it. So totally agree. I think Riddle is one hundred percent fine. I, I think did Riddle like is when he told. I did like when he told Nettle that he wasn't allowed to. She wasn't allowed to blame Fitz because he volunteered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, five point five. Five point five. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great look for him. Oh no, five point five fits. No, oh no. Are you sure when that's what when, you do? when you Riddle really is holding B and he's like, "By the way, your daughter's safe. I have her in my arms." It's like, oh yeah, that's yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I only care about my friend who I just stabbed nine times. It's like step, step, step. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> Horrible. All right. Uh, and lastly, buzzwords. How's B doing? What are the prophecies? Not well, great. <laughs> sucks. She has been kidnapped. She seems happy about it. She got power. A little yeah, at least she's not. She's but if she's being brainwashed, then it doesn't matter. But like, let's say you had you brainwashed. Terrible things happen to you, and then it's over, and you're Riddle's like, "Riddle's well, fine." What well, is he? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I guy ate a dude. Maybe not at night when he's alone. He ate, he <laughs> ate his friend. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> he did not. He did not eat, eat him. The guy. I still think he ate him. <laughs> he God, he the body probably killed his friend. The body he killed was killed definitely. Killed. He, he definitely killed his friend. He like, killed his friend for his jacket. Yeah, and then he got hungry. And then he got hungry. Between being forged and doing things out of your control and then like 
being manipulated and used by people and realizing it later. Right. Well, because then it feels like you you helped. Right. Because you agreed. Right. Whereas, like, forging, like, you were just a mindless zombie for a while, and it's, like, really not your fault. That's what he was, Joey. He was forged. You know, if we yeah. could only, like, the so the, 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 the fool's whole quest was to, like, bring dragons back, but I feel like that just adds more magic into the I'll world. Bring the dragons back. Maybe, yeah. maybe, the, maybe the quest should have been killing, getting rid of magic altogether, because, like, there's a oh, lot of no, bad Joey's shit. <laughs> going on wow it sounds i think that maybe joey's on he's on the dark side yeah. dark side i can solve this shit nobody has magic anymore everything's fine now you have to look forward to like you know like potentially blowing each other up with weapons and 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 global warming but you have no more magic so you can't you know i think i'd take dragons over global warming <laughs> I think I, I think, would. I think dragons are an answer to global warming and atomic. No, I think if there we warfare. had dragons, then humans wouldn't have been able to achieve such technological like supremacy that we boiled the earth. So, because they would have been you eating. You think us dragons stuff. would have prohibited us from making tech advances? Yeah, because they would have understand. been like murdering and eating us and stuff. I just like to think dragons at a rate in which nukes. there were no people smart enough to create new things. I don't agree with that at all. They make a ton of dragons. Every fucking year, okay? <laughs> the sea is practically full of serpents. That's a lot of dragons, and they eat all Yeah, the but there's also elderlings, and elderlings were creating incredible things all the time. But so out of why magic, would you think that... that doesn't create global warming. We would we would just have, like, weird little, like, skill cars instead of... Skill cars. Engines. We don't know the long-term the effects of elderling and Oh, yeah, we do. It's called things, it's okay? called elderlings, and they all die at 35 with waddles. See, magic Right, sucks. and why? Because we think there was a fucking volcanic explosion. Why? Maybe perhaps because of global warming. So they're not out. Wait, is this the distant future? <laughs> this is, the, is this, this like, fifth, this is 500,000 years Is that why Roland doesn't have a name? Because it's just Earth. It's Earth in the future. It's Boston. Somebody write it down. It's never been done <laughs> it's before. Boston. It's Bangtown. It's Boston. That's Bangtown. Okay, you Come guys. on down to Bangtown. The reminder for our next reading section will be Fool's Quest. We're going to do chapters one through four. There is no prologue. We do have content warnings on chapter three for rape and rape threat and violence and death. Jesus! And on chapter four for torture and body horror. So... Diving right so, into it. I'm just going to get right in there. Yeah. Rated Z. Hitting the ground running. This has been Buckheap Radio. You can email us at buckheapradio at gmail.com and let us know if we can read your email on air, maybe. And I am Rachel, and you can find me on the internet at Darth Rachel. My name is Alyssa, and I'm online at alyssamainer.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faceless Fray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and I'm at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Joey, and you can find me at Uncanny Robot. <laughs> He's the saddest Uncanny Robot. <laughs> <laughs> or at your local Macy's Parade. I will be there. <laughs> There's going to be some cool shit. And stuff. Hey. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.
it's been a dream for the huge. Talk to you only, later. Only also, go ahead and book left. your flights for the bonfire in my backyard so you can see everything anytime a December works. Okay, bye. Fuck yeah. Winterfest. <laughs> Winterfest. cute that they think that this is the worst it can get. Oh my god. <sighs> the um the intro to my chapter seems like it could probably be when they were looking for um a white prophet that they thought should be there but hadn't arrived yet. Yeah. It they made it sound like Oh, well, we normally don't get to look at the prophecies, but right now we're going to look at the prophecies because we have no idea what to do without our white prophet. It seemed like that may have, have been like the start to them down there. Oh, yeah, during the servant stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because it seems like they get access to things and they don't even have like the site. So, mm -hmm. um, and they like some of them memorize. You know, it's like they memorize that part of the encyclopedia, their prophet book, and then they're like, oh, do you know this? It's like they're – this goes back to what I was saying in our last episode about those sort of, like, evangelical bent where it's like they all have this, like, running, working knowledge of a body of, of, of a written work, and they make everything relate to it in, like, yeah, you know, strange ways. And then they're not allowed to interpret it beyond very specific canonized interpretations. I thought was interesting. Um, what I what yeah. what made me crack the hell up is the end of this book where Fitz is like, "This is the darkest time of my life," and I was so miserable. And then like the next book opens and it's Winterfest and he's got a crown on, and people are bowing to him. And I'm like, "Yeah, real dark." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you remember that your daughter is missing? And he's like, "Nope, nope. I'm at a party and it's about me." Because <laughs> he saw Starling again. <laughs> No, he sees her and he like refuses to like interact with her. He makes some It's um what's her name? Celerity gives him like a kiss. Yeah, Celerity shows up and she's like, We would have been good together. I was true to you. I was I believed in you. You were hot in I, I, I never didn't believe in you. Yeah. And she does it in front of her husband. She like just makes out with them, shoves her tongue right in there, and her husband's like, What the fuck? <laughs> she's like, What are you gonna do about it? That's the bastard. He'll rip your head off horrible talk about fanfic that whole chapter is just oh you know what else is fanfic uh when he gets back at, from like trying to rescue b and they went through the portal mm -hmm. and ketrican like to ease his pain like spends the night with him oh yeah he smells like dog poo and <laughs> like at the end of, at in the morning She's like, oh, you got to use the secret passage so no one thinks we were like fooling around or whatever. And but she's like, but I know it was you. I know that you're the father. Yeah. Oh, also, here's a kiss on the mouth. On the mouth. Goodbye. Just it's in like, case you want to make those rumors real. Yeah. 
It's like, excuse me, Fitz has retired. His He's a widower. His wife has died. He can move fully into his homosexual lifestyle. He doesn't need this. Like, just let him, let him be gay. Just let him be gay. Please. But yeah, there's a lot of like, what if stuff that goes on in this next book. Well, because I think, I think like... she really wants you to know everything that he's leaving behind. So the beginning of my chapter that I did, the vision of the, the wolf that's made of swirling silver and black stone, obviously the end, mm -hmm. of, uh, end of everything. So I guess he's going to be a protector in the woods somewhere for a little bit until his batteries run out. Is that the wolf of the West or is he just the wolf of the West? Yeah, that's, that's him. Yeah. I guess they're in the West. It's hard to tell. I always thought it was the North, but I guess maybe it's like the North. The Northwest? In my mind, this planet that they're on is shaped like a pear. It's like really narrow at the top and like fat on the bottom. Because there's just like more stuff <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so it must be big. I mean, I guess the... the the out islands is even further north so i guess maybe but it's just like right off the coast though so like if they get off if they like take a boat from like buck or from the out islands and just go east where do they go what's over there nothing ocean ocean so the west of what wolf of the west <laughs> sounds like lord of the rings stuff it's just the furthest west that they know this is the farthest from home i've ever been well, we'll take a break and then we'll come back. I am slowly making my way through book two. I had to take a break from it for a little bit. <laughs> because I hate the lyrics so much. I hate them. I uh, I just finished book two. You just finished? Yeah, and now they're at the point now where like nobody even pretends that B might be of any value. So they're just like shitty to her all the time. Mm -hmm. But there's only like two of them left anyway. It's like Dwayne and two Lyrics and the uh, like one Chalcedian and he's like insane. The um, you think she, oh, by the way, the, the Chalcedian soldier that she recognizes, she recognized him from her prophecy dreams, right? maybe i was wondering if um so there are a couple of times early in the book that fits recognize or doesn't recognize somebody but like identifies things that maybe like when he goes and meets shade in that inn and they he kind of like identifies chalcedian mounts oh, yeah. on a horse and like he sees people that look like they might be foreign in the bar. And I was wondering if she was like through the skill recognized people that Fitz has seen before. Or that these very same soldiers. Yeah, these same soldiers have been hanging out for a hot second. Yeah. And like, I know that like Shade at one point said that there were like people pretending to be minstrels or pretending to be bards or something that were in uh like traveling through the six duchies or people trying to sell things that don't aren't va of any value mm -hmm. so it looks like they might just be there to like do something else um 
Well, so and there's then, like kind of hints that maybe they're like the 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 servants or Chalcedians are like making incursions into the ship. That that that's supported by B's real time vision that those two that are supposed to like be in love if they like go in the woods that they're gonna get murdered and raped by who mm -hmm. who's in the woods? It must be the Chalcedians. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess that, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, well. It's fun to do the rereads because you just kind of like notice those little things. And also the effort that it takes to kind of put those little things in, even though they're not even necessary for the story. I admire It's that. also totally possible that she could have recognized one of the soldiers in Oaks by Water. Right. Yeah. 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 And it may be the, the like description is so subtle that we would have to like reread re it, like, it again yeah. it. you know it's just pain from here on out it's just i mean i don't know we'll get the buttons pain. and we'll get the party and we'll get the fanfic chapters and we'll get the full and ash slash spark mm -hmm. um who is a much needed sort of like regular human voice you know what i really liked um there's a moment when they're in Kelsingra and her was like really hurt that Ash is actually spark, spark. Yeah. Yeah. And feels like he was lied to exactly like how Fitz was in the last or in the, the previous trilogy. Um, and Fitz is like, kind of like, Oh, this young kid doesn't get it yet. And he's like, Fitz totally doesn't care. And there's actually like, a difference in how he thinks about things. Mm -hmm. Like he thinks of Amber as a lady and the fool as a man. Like he yeah. like, thinks of them as totally different genders. To like it's just, but it's like just in that moment, but realizes they're the same person. And it's like it's like really kind of fresh, refreshing that he is he's turned that page. Yeah, it just took him sixty years. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, I do. I do like that because it is something that that Fitz hasn't really like truly come to terms with or like dealt with, other than the fact that he doesn't like it because yeah. he doesn't. You know, he felt like. And these are more modern books, right? Yeah, like, this is yeah. Quite, these quite all a few came years later. Yeah, they all came out. I think the last one comes out in twenty came out in twenty seventeen. So it was like twenty. Yeah, they were like two years between. I think. So, yeah. Well, I will talk to y'all next time. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.